Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey, I'm your host, and I'm so honored by your wise decision to tune in and join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and they fall into one or more of several different categories. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have the folks who help others build their businesses. And on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who love to have your own hands on the marketing levers as you grow your business. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Fresh content is added every single week. And with that, I want to get right into what we're going to be covering today. Three simple steps to social media success. Social media is one of those things where we have such an air of mystery and a cloud of confusion. There's so many different platforms out there. We have we have Linkbook and FaceTime and uh, and <laughs> Instagram Plus and circles and squares and everything else. And it, it kind of sounds like that, even though I'm deliberately scrambling up all the names for folks who just have all these different platforms coming at them. And it seems like every time they turn around, there's another platform that you're either doing this or you might as well not be in business. Well, how do we know what social media sites are right for your business? How can we turn that social media activity into leads, into sales? I know one obvious answer, which I'm going to share, uh, but our guest is going to give us several more. And how can we do more in less time? In other words, how do we spend less time editing and maintaining and more time educating and monetizing? And to help us with that, we have with us today Sarah Zeldman, the e-marketing maven. And just to tell you a little bit about Sarah, she's a social media trainer, speaker, and trusted consultant for a wide variety of businesses and organizations. She educates and empowers companies to handle the social media in-house as part of their regular business routine. This is something I'm very excited about hearing. She specializes in onboarding professionals who think they may be too old to master social media or who might describe themselves as technophobic. And she gets some posting, tweeting, and engaging like a pro. Hi, Sarah. How you doing? I'm awesome. How are you doing today? Uh, couldn't be better if you paid me a million dollars. That shouldn't discourage you from the attempt, however. Okay. I will remember that. All right. Now, now... <laughs> Now, now I like to remind our listeners that uh, sometimes when we do the interviews, you hear some ruckus in the background and maybe you hear some bells ringing. Those are my cats running around. Um, I work from a home office. I have cats. Deal with it. Uh, they own me. I recognize my position in the relative uh, hierarchy here. And as long as I recognize that, they're not going to throw me out on the street. And I'd like to continue to have a place to live. So we're just going to have to deal with them being a little bit uh, ruckusy. So uh, what I'd like to do I could here... say the same thing about my children. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. So uh, what I'd like to do here is, I, Sarah, I read off your bio and all of your impressive stats and everything else. But what I'd like to do is just, before we dive into today's content, just take a step back and give those of our listeners who have not heard of you yet, who you know have been living under a rock and have not heard of you yet, a chance to get to know you a little. So just tell us a little bit about what has brought you to where you are today. Well, thanks. Um, so my background is kind of diverse and eclectic. Um, I went to university and 
after university did another degree to become a sign language interpreter. But um, repetitive stress injury, like carpal tunnel, is very common in that field. Right. And uh, and I, by the time I graduated the program, I I actually couldn't do the interpreting anymore. And uh, to make a long story very short, uh, at that time I discovered the field of life coaching, and that was in the late '90s uh, when it was kind of really gaining traction. And I then studied to be a life coach. And it was during that time that uh, in the early days of the internet, before Google and before Facebook, if you could remember back that far, I, um, yeah, I came across this long sales page and it was for a product that said, we can teach you to sell anything on the internet, any product, any service. And so I bought these two big loose leaf binders and I bought the upsell for three VHS cassettes, VHS tapes. Remember VHS? Yes, I do. Three (laughs) DVDs. Okay. So I devoured this self-study course, which which is back in the days before our inboxes were stuffed. The two main things were email newsletters, which were the newest and hottest thing. And, uh, and forums and how to network in forums, the early forerunner of social media. So I started learning internet marketing then, and I haven't stopped since. Um, then I started a blog for, for moms in the days before mommy blogging was as common as white bread. And I was blogging, I was podcasting, I was uh, creating digital products and selling them. I was recommending other products uh, that, I tr- that I tested and trusted. And that's how my internet marketing knowledge uh, grew. And then about six years ago, there was a big shift in my life. And I had to, but I was doing all of that mommy blogging and product stuff. And I was doing it all on the side. It was very part-time. It was very much just for like some extra income. It wasn't really something I needed to support my family. But then there was a big shift in my life. And I had to be the sole breadwinner for my children. And um, and uh, I took a look around and I said to myself, you know, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I have to have a life coach today. It's a hard sell in a sense. But I, as I was online with the internet marketing, I was noticing an emerging field of people like me who were kind of at the time were like intermediate internet marketers who were uh, going to local businesses to help them with their online marketing presence. And I, I, that's when the e-marketing maven was born. And I started out trying to offer everything under the sun, website design and SEO when it was a very different, you know, ball game. Uh, and, and, and I started teaching at the Vaughn Business Enterprise Center, which is like the Canadian equivalent of the Small Business Administration. And they asked me to do a series of hands-on, because I, I was really good at, I love teaching and speaking. They asked me to do a series of hands-on classes teaching their business owners uh, how to use Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn to grow their business. And, and at the same time, when people called me, clients called me or prospects called me, and I told them, you know, I could come to your office and teach you how to use Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn for your business. Um, 
the process, I often got a lot of jobs just doing that and I was teaching and over time I noticed that that's what I love to do the most and that's what I got the best feedback on. I didn't really love doing the websites. I had someone else do the websites. I was the middleman and I didn't love it. Um, and the SEO, the game was changing. And this idea of teaching people click by click, step by step, exactly how to use Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and now Pinterest and Instagram uh, to promote their products and services. Uh, you know, that's uh, about three years ago, almost four, I shifted to focus on that. And I just, I absolutely love it. And, uh, you know, there are, there will always be companies on people that want to have someone else handle their social media marketing. And that's fine. But there, I, there will always be individuals and companies that want to handle it themselves or do it in house. And that's where I come in. I educate and empower people and companies and nonprofit organizations to handle the social media in-house. So that's kind of how that evolved. You know, we are kind of seeing that as a growing trend where companies are doing more of the social media in-house or we have the individual or the face of the company doing more of the social media hands-on. Um, and it's interesting to me, Sarah, that you mentioned that you took a course so many years ago and you did some of your early business development by participating in these things we call forums, which are still out there. And when mm -hmm. we think of forums today, we think of discussion groups in places like LinkedIn and Facebook. These uh, have in many ways evolved to become the forums of today, although there are so many other forums that are still out there. In fact, here at HelpMyWebsiteSell.com, we have a course available called uh, the discussion group game that's all about how to maximize growing your business by participating in discussion groups. And I know that many mm -hmm. of the same things that applied back when you started still apply today and people are needing to relearn all this stuff because uh, social media, um, one thing I love about social media so much, and particularly about participating in discussion groups on social media platforms, I call them the ultimate selling without selling platform, because in many cases, the less you sell, the more you sell, if you get my drift. Absolutely. Um, I was actually, I teach at a local college, and I was just talking about this with my students a couple of hours ago, and one, we go through so many social networks in this class, plus other principles in online marketing, because social, as great as social media is, it's only one part of the puzzle. Anyway, one student was saying, well, are we going to learn cover Snapchat? And I said, I didn't plan to cover Snapchat. I can get a few tips for you, but you know what you really should be looking for are the principles that apply across any social network. And the idea is that people get really trapped by the technology and they think it's all about the technology. And, uh, but there are principles at play across the board on all the social networks because really the essence of social network is it's just an extension of all of our human relationships. And so when you're talking about networking in forums, whether they're the old fashioned type that I started on or a LinkedIn group or a Facebook group, the principles still apply even from when I learned them in the early 90s because it's about being human and acting human and connecting with humans. Yes. Social media can be used as a broadcast medium and can be used as an advertising medium, but 
the way, and I can teach it from that perspective, but if you forget that it is a relationship medium and you don't take advantage of that, you're missing the boat. That is so true. And when I see people go into discussion groups in particular and post ads or post questions that are really very thinly disguised commercials for their own services i do a major face palm uh, and it's like it's like I, I shake my head while i'm holding it in my hands up against my desk thinking oh why oh why 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 are they flushing their own brand down the toilet why are they doing um, this you and me both but you know what you'll find that in real life too you'll find people who go into networking meetings there's always that one guy who's just shoving his cards in as many hands as possible and he just hasn't been educated yet right. he just he thinks this is what he's supposed to do and and he just needs someone to pull him aside and say let me give you a few tips on the best way to network. And it's just a little mind shift. So one of the first things that I do when I teach is, um, as I say to somebody, many business owners come to me and they think they're just going to learn where to click to make a post so that they can post buy my stuff, right? Some variation right. of buy my stuff. But I say, it's not just about the technology. Succeeding with social media involves a combination of technology, psychology, and strategy. And we are going to cover all of that today. And before we even get to the technology, we get into the psychology of their target customer and who they're trying to connect with and how those people are using this particular social media site that we're working on today. Right. Before we even get into where to click. And that sets the tone. Yeah, and I and I think that's a very good uh, that's a very important tone to set and a very good mindset to begin with. Now you have so much you're going to share with us in the next uh, forty some minutes here. But before we do that, and our listeners know mm. it's coming, they can hear the drum roll in the background. So <laughs> here it is. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that anybody here tells them to do except for time and money. This is a variety, <laughs> this is a question we ask every expert who appears on Business Creators Radio Show. And what I like is not only the variety of different answers we get, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So how do time and money impact this whole thing of how we're going to gain social media success? Oh, time and money are big factors. Yes. So, I hate when people say social media is free. It's not free. Um, it's not free. It takes your time and your time is valuable and your time or your employees time is valuable. But that said, it is an extremely cost effective method of marketing. And so you have to invest some time. Even if you choose to outsource your social media, even if you have someone else or some agency do it for you, please trust me, delegate, don't abdicate. In other words, you don't, I, I know many people who do, oh, Sarah, I just want you to do it for me. You're the expert in social media. And I insist on saying, no, 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 no. We, this is a co-creative process. I'm the expert in social media. You're the expert in your business. We have to work together. I will do my best 
to keep to make it this is if someone were going to outsource to me or someone I were training for example um, I will do my best to to have a minimal investment of time for you but you have to be involved in the process and if you're going to hire I don't care if it's your if you're if it's your cousin who's a teenager which you really should not use to do your social media but let's just say you were I don't care who you're hiring at the very least have them prepare the posts a week in advance and submit them to you for revision or approval. I have seen many business owners make the mistake of assuming that the social media manager is a social media expert, so they will automatically know what to post and share related to their business. And then they come to me crying that this person messed up. Well, that's because the business owner or a trusted employee needs to be involved in the process. And, and, the, and the manager can create the post and submit them for revision or approval. And I find that in this process, it usually takes if the person, assuming that the person who's doing it is marketing savvy and, and, you know, and competent, it takes about four to six weeks for them to get the right voice and get the hang of it. But uh, that's, uh, so my point is you cannot, to come back to time and money, you cannot get away with social media without at least some investment of time. The amount of money that you spend is dependent on whether an individual is doing it themselves or, or paying someone else to do it for them. Um, and also, if you're going to leverage some of the paid aspects of social media, like, like advertising or like paying for a tool to do a contest, you know, or, or other, other tools you can use for lead generation. Um, but all that said, you can't get away without an investment of time and or money. But that, all that said, when you compare the time or money that you would invest in social media marketing compared to how much it would cost to reach those target customers and connect with them using traditional marketing, using newspaper ads, flyers, direct mail, radio, TV, the cost in the, the financial cost is a fraction of the price, but it does take a little more time. Right. Now, I do want to highlight one thing here is I love when you say delegate, but don't abdicate. You know, I, I tell the mm -hmm. story so many times of I was working with a social media company once and they posted what they thought was an outstanding post in a discussion group, um, like logged in as me, posting it as me. And they were so excited, they actually called me on the telephone and left me a message because they wanted me to go read it. Now, uh, everybody knows I don't answer the phone if it's unscheduled. So uh, I listened to it, went and read the post, and then I called them back and I said, yes, I read your post that you did in my name and I deleted it before I got kicked banned out of that group. How do you go about writing stuff like that in my name? Um, now, at the time, I'm thinking, holy goodness gracious. I mean, if they, it, 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 I mean, it makes me look like a hypocrite because I tell people not to do the exact same thing that was done in my name. And then I took a real deep breath on this. And I thought, you know, really, I think we just need to you know, reorganize around what is most important and what the message is and what we're looking to accomplish. And to your point, Sarah, um, I very recently had a conversation with that person that did that because, you know, we don't have that level of business relationship anymore, but we're still, we're still colleagues and we're still friends. And uh, the, the, they have come such a long way in terms of how they understand social media engagement that uh, they would 
at this stage, they would know so much better than to even try a stunt like that. It's just at the time, they didn't know any better, and they thought that that was acceptable because somebody else told them it was. And because they had gotten away with it several times, and in a few cases, even got a few people to fall for it. Um, I was actually the first person to call them on it and say, no, you don't, we don't do this. Right, and so that so that's a great story. Um, oh, and and the, the lesson to learn is that is that our our industry isn't regulated, and anybody can call. I just read an article about this on LinkedIn, and I was nodding my head. Anybody can call themselves a social media expert, and in this article, and I know people like this who started a Facebook page, and it was a page that that was pretty universally appealing within her network. And right. so she got a thousand likes very quickly. And now she, she thinks she's a social media expert and, and she put herself out there and is charging people. And, and you know what, in two or three years, assuming that she goes and stuff, like I learned everything I learned from self-study courses and articles. Like I didn't go to university for this either, but I, I learned through experience. And you know what the what you just said, I also did a similar thing in the in the early days when I was working for a company. The problem is that a fifth grader is an expert to a first grader. So the right. business owner is a first grader and the person calling themselves a social media expert may be a third grader or a fifth grader right. and you don't know what you don't know. I've made that mistake and it's a matter of experience. So maybe actually that should be the defining factor for um, for for hiring a social media manager, rather than just the the biggest mistake in hiring a social media manager is to assume that because a college student uses Facebook in their personal life, they're going to know how to use it professionally right. for your big, business. Big difference, right? But but it sounds like the defining either you you hire someone who's really experienced. And you have someone who's experienced grill them on some basic principles of social media, or you invest in training that person from someone who is experienced. Yeah, exa exactly. And then there's another minor thing that happened as well. And this was with uh, somebody else that we were working with who overall, you know, very outstanding when it comes to social media management in terms of helping us manage some of our stuff. Well, uh, one day they posted a like a picture with a quote on it, you know, one of the most common things we do in social media. And it was a quote, mm -hmm. it was a quote from a, a certain politician where I would rather hang myself from my own balcony than be, have my name next to theirs. But they just didn't know. Yeah. So yeah. I just, uh, so I just uh, deleted it and uh, asked them very nicely to please never, ever, ever, ever put my name next to this person again. And uh, <laughs> well, that's why you go through this approval process. Right. That's why better to have them prepare stuff in advance and send it to you for revision or approval. Precise, and that precisely. would eliminate that issue. Yes, exactly. Uh, which is delegate, don't abdicate, because it could have been very simple had I been reviewing in advance, say, oh, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't quote this person as somebody who we look up to. No, no, not here. Maybe with your other clients and maybe in your own business. But no, 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 no. This this, this person's on the outside right. looking in. You need to put a different quote but, right and, here. And yeah. <laughs> maybe you stay away from politicians altogether or, right. you know, and there are also cultural considerations that the person may not be aware of. So. Right. 
Yeah. These, the, yeah, these are all very important things to be aware of. And uh, the other thing I want to draw out before I ask you a couple whiz-bang questions here that I've been dying to ask you here is that uh, the thing is, and you mentioned this in your time and money answer, is you know there is a process of getting to know somebody when you're looking to voice them. My company is heavily involved in product launches, and we ask our clients to trust us to voice them. And I'm pretty good at voicing people. I'm not going to take on a client if I don't feel that I can relate to them to the extent that I can step into their name and step into their persona. Mm-hmm. I mean, I voiced everything from a from a media and publicity guru to uh, to a pickup artist to a uh, to a former Philadelphia Eagles cheerleader, uh, a female. So I mean, I can I can voice a lot of people, but in developing this range, it does require. Uh, this level of where they may have to review the stuff before it goes out. We have to know the things that they would never say. Um, you know, I occasionally mm. catch people who uh, ghostwrite some of my stuff. Yes, I admit some of my stuff is ghostwritten. Otherwise, I'd never be able to do it all because I create so much. And I have to stop them from using the phrase traffic to your website. Because the last thing mm. you ever want in your business is traffic to your website. Uh, if you getting traffic to your website, you might as well just hang up your website and go do something else because you're getting a bunch of random pasta thrown at it rather than the targeted visitors to our web pages who are going to convert and monetize. It's a very key principle. So if I'm out there writing articles saying you need more traffic to your website, people are going to come to me and say, what? <laughs> so uh so so it's so it's a process of getting to know each other and this is where delegate but don't abdicate is so important because the more you delegate without abdicating the more you'll ultimately be able to delegate because once your people who are doing things in your name get used to the idea of don't quote this politician don't quote politicians at all don't say anything that sounds too liberal don't say anything that sounds too conservative definitely don't mm-hmm. quote uh, anything that's religious uh make sure you never say traffic to your website make sure you never say uh facebook is the best platform out there i mean whatever it is that uh that they're not supposed to say you just get used to that and you'll and eventually you'll find that they will easily be able to sidestep your landmines but you just have to let them know what their landmines are that's right which is why i say that social media marketing should be a co-creative process yes i love you know, that word. and it and and takes more time up front with the business owner but it is worth it um and uh and yeah same with in larger firms actually we were talking before about the trends um, the trend in the larger uh, corporations now is that social media is not dumped in the lap of one person, but it's coordinated among several departments in, uh, in like a team, uh, an interdepartmental team. And that's another interesting trend going on. Um, but yeah, generally we do assign one or two people to the, to the posting and, uh, and, and drafting the posts, and, and, but it, it all has to have the right voice go with it and there has to be someone supervising right precisely so uh you know I'm just thinking the social media can be very distracting. We got this, uh, we got this face in and uh, linked plus and. Uh, I'm totally uh, using that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and 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 and, <laughs> and 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 Google Gram and and Holoscope and all these other things. So it can be very distracting and take a lot of time. So, is there an easy way to fit all this stuff into our very busy business day? Um, yeah, I, I love the hybrid names. That's a great yes. thing. Um, so yeah, social media can definitely be the most distracting place on earth. And the first step to 
um, to reducing it as a time suck is to not just jump right in, or if you've jumped right in and, and whether you're getting traction or not, to take a step back and create an all overall strategy that starts with asking, why am I on social media? And why am I on this site at all? What is my ultimate goal? And letting those ultimate goals shape the strategy. The, uh, the other thing that, the thing that I, um, to help stay focused, um, I actually came up with a three-step formula that works on any social media site because I found that a lot of business owners were coming to my classes and they already started their social media accounts for their businesses right. and they already were posting a little bit and they were, but every day there, or they were, they were facing their computer screen going now, not what am I going to do today to promote my business? And if they didn't know the answer to that question, if they didn't have a strategy in place, then they would end up sucked into that Facebook newsfeed or chatting with their cousin or playing Candy Crush. And then they <laughs> say social media is a big waste of time. It's not that it's a big waste of time. It's that they didn't know what they were doing. So I came up with this three-step formula. I realized that to just to maintain your account and keep it active and effective, this is both personally and professionally, you're always doing one of three things. You're always either posting your own content, sharing other people's content, or mingling, starting, and jumping into conversations. So when I'm teaching, I want my business, I want my professionals to remember, I say, if you don't know what to do that day, think post, share, mingle. Post, do I have share, anything mingle. to post, share, mingle? Yes. Do, you, do I have anything to post today? I don't have anything to post. I'm going to find something to share. Or you know what? I've already, let's say I've pre-done my posting and sharing and I've loaded into Hootsuite. I'm going to focus today on finding conversations to start and jump into. Now, this three-step formula is the foundation of maintaining your social media accounts. But of course, that's not all you can do. There are more advanced strategies like, like contests, like ads, like dedicated lead generating campaigns, user generated content, and every, every site has its own tactics that you can use uh, for a different strategy. But if you just want to get started, just remember those three little words, post, share, mingle. You're always doing one of those three things. And what a lot of companies do is they make the mistake of just posting and sharing. And they think, and then they're going, I'm not getting any results. It's because they're not mingling. They're not starting and jumping into conversations. And I like to explain it. I like, forgive me, that's call waiting. I'm going to ignore it. Uh, I like to explain it this way. Wait, let me, let me end that call. No, send to voicemail. There we go. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that technical issue. Um, I like to explain it this way. Imagine that you walk into a networking meeting and you're, um, you're looking at the uh, – you, you walk into this networking meeting and the room is full and people are schmoozing and talking and handshaking and you take out your business cards, leave them on the front table and walk out the door. You're not going to get any business from the networking meeting. That's essentially what you're doing if all you're doing is posting and not starting and jumping into conversations. To get the most out of a networking meeting, you need to like maybe go up to a group, listen in, look for a place to jump in, or walk right up to somebody and introduce yourself. But you don't introduce yourself with your sales pitch. 
you introduce yourself by saying, oh, I love that tie. Where'd you get it? Or hi, my, you know, and you just try to connect on a human level before going to the business. And like I said before, social media is an extension of all of our human relationships. The same principles apply. Be human. Like we say in Yiddish, be a mensch, be a person. Yes. Uh, and just remember the post, share, mingle. Post, share, mingle. That is, in a way, very close to how I do things as well. Because sometimes I don't have all the time in the world to do this. Or I really need to stay away from distractions or I just don't have anything on my mind worth sharing. So there are gaps in my Facebook profile experience where it looks like I disappear for days on end. Uh, the fact mm -hmm. is I am on there every single day. I start my day or whatever time I allocate to Facebook and LinkedIn with going into discussion groups and finding mm -hmm. conversations, finding places where I can contribute and be of help. If I run out of time for social media by the time I finish that, then that's just all I do. So if I'm over on my own wall posting, uh, that means I've already been inside the discussion groups. I've checked them out. I've done a quick scan of the news feed and look for something interesting to jump in on. I've already done all that. And if I'm sharing, then that means that I must not have much to say today. I mean, which can happen sometimes. I just don't always have much to say. And that can be also be very effective. Uh, for instance, just this past Monday, I didn't really have anything innovative. And I'm not going to share people, oh, I just had my protein smoothie. And now I'm going to pet my cat and write a blog post. It doesn't work that way. I'm not that type of sharer. Uh, but, no, uh, right, right. Uh, but I found a couple interesting things that friends of mine had shared, uh, a couple very interesting memes, and I just shared those with my own comments. Got a lot of good engagement off those. Yeah. Um, you know, one tool that may help you, um, I, I imagine that you get up in the morning and you also check your email and you have some newsletters there with some links to good content or you're just, you're in Facebook and you're seeing links to great articles or LinkedIn. Buffer app is one of my favorite tools to make sharing really easy because you can, um, when you go into buffer app, um, you sign, when you sign up, you set the times of day that you would ideally like to post. I like to set it at like 7.45 a.m. for people that are checking it before work right. and 11.45 to hit the noon time and um, about, you know, maybe in the afternoon and in the evening, depending on the network. Um, and, and I wouldn't do that much on LinkedIn. You know, on Facebook, maybe on Twitter, you can certainly get away with that. But the point is that... Um, when you drag, you have those preset times and when you drag their little extension to or install it in your browser bar, the next time I come across a great article that I know my target audience would love, I just click that buffer um, and, and a little screen pops up and allows me to write a little introduction to the article and then I can, I can either share it right away or I can choose to post at the next pre-scheduled time. And so I can keep that, and I can keep many, many articles in my buffer. And so it looks like I'm on social media all day, but I'm not. It's just a habit you have to get into. And by the way, I also have gaps on my Facebook page. Even though I know all this, sometimes I'm totally honest. 
I am the shoemaker with holes in my shoes sometimes, but yes. then I get back into the habit and it works. You know why? You talked about the four different kinds of people that listen to your podcast. I am all four, but I realized that the last one, the one is do, DIY doing everything yourself. That's what I need to move away from. Right. That's, uh, that's part of why, like, even I forget to buffer sometimes, but when I buffer, I find it extremely powerful. I share great content. I get great feedback and I get clients on the content that I share. One little tip, whether you're sharing with buffer app or, or cutting and pasting that URL right into the, uh, right into the, um, into the, into the site. Um, I know you probably know this, but for your audience, one mistake I see is that people will just share a link and, and or they'll just share the link with the title. And if the, if the, if something is pulled through on the bottom there, it just looks redundant. Always, always take a minute. Don't just post the title. Tell, t write an introduction to the article that you're sharing and tell pe tell your target customer exactly why they're going to find this interesting or helpful. That helps you to establish yourself as a friendly, knowledgeable, helpful expert while still leveraging someone else's content. And uh, uh -huh. this is, this, yeah, this really works. I mean, I get compliments and clients from the content that I share and I'm not creating it. My clients report the same results. That so, is great. Um, it's a great time saver. I know many people, this is a great way to keep your social media account active. I know many people who, they, they get a Google alert, and for those of you who don't know, you can Google alerts, just Google it. You um, put in your keyword and set up a Google alert, like you have a few questions to answer. You can get an email every day about whatever keyword, uh, and that email, whatever keyword you want, that email will have um, links to the most recent articles and blog posts about any subject that you want. And then, so they'll get that Google alerts in the morning. They'll look at it. They'll open up some articles. They'll fill up their buffer. And again, now it looks like they're on social media all day, but they're not. And they are posting the most recent content in their field. One of my clients recently told me um, that, that people are starting to thank her for being a source of industry news just by doing that. Yeah, that, that, that's great. Now, now Sarah, one of the things I run into is folks who tune into Business Creators Radio Show uh, will say something like, uh, "Yeah, but I but I heard that Facebook is a business to consumer platform." Which Facebook's own people will tell you basically is a business to consumer platform. Uh, so they'll ask questions like, uh, "You know, how is social media different for B two B companies? And what about nonprofits? Can B two Bs, which is your business to business, and your nonprofits, can they still benefit from social media marketing?" Oh, absolutely. Business to business can benefit from social media marketing, but the approach is different because the sales cycle is different. It's a longer sales cycle. You have more people involved in the decision process and probably more important, coming back to the psychology, you, people are concerned about different issues. They have different pain points and you're speaking just on a more professional level. And so, Social media can absolutely be used for business to business in terms of relationship building, because remember, it's an extension of all of our human relationships, including professional, and it can be used for lead generation, but the way that you approach it is different. 
I've worked with several companies. I'm working with several companies now that have gone to agencies um, that, that just tried to apply business to consumer pr- social media marketing principles to B2B businesses and they got burned and they got burned big time. And that's when they, they, they brought me in to lead the creation of an in-house social media team, starting with creating a strategy and policies for their employees, eventually to train them and coordinate among different departments. So yes, business to business companies can benefit from social media marketing, but it has to be approached with different strategies. Um, the, the only other caveat I want to say to that is it kind of depends on the B2B company. I'm thinking about larger corporations um, or maybe in more industrial corporations. When I was saying all that, I see a lot of articles that say like, we're a B2B company and we had success with Pinterest or we had success with Facebook. Yeah. If you look at those articles, those B2B companies that are claiming success with B2C platforms, they're generally the, they're selling their product to small business owners where the, 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 it's, only, it's only like one person between them and the decision maker, or it's very easy to target the decision maker in the company because it's a small business. They can either get directly to, to the decision maker or um, they can get to the person who's going to get them right to the decision maker. So, so with with the B two B companies that are marketing to small businesses, you can use more B two C tactics and strategies. But with the larger corporations, you need to there. It's a lar- longer sales cycle, and you kind of have to know how professionals in that industry use not just use social media, but they usually start with a Google search and what are they searching for and set up you know, the key points of conversion related to that. That makes sense? That makes a lot of sense. And thank you for clarifying a lot of that. Um, I think I already know your answer to this, your basic answer, but I want to hear what you have to say about it. Does every business have to be on all the social media websites? Uh, no, that just creates social media stress syndrome. <laughs> um, so my, my recommendation on that one is, uh, you know, of course, it depends on the, the kind of business you're, you're in and the size of your business and how much time you have. But no, I would rather see a company, especially a solopreneur or a small business, I'd rather see them do one social media site really, really well than try to do many social media sites just so that they look like they're hip and cool because they're on all the social media sites. That just leads to abandoned sites, and that doesn't help. Do one really, really well um, if that's all you have time for and energy for. And then once you've really mastered it and you've got it down, then you can add another one if you, if you want to, if you feel it's necessary. And in terms of which site they should be on, I really say, first of all, figure out where your target customer is hanging out and having conversations related to what you have to offer. Now, with some businesses, they'll say, but, you know, if it's like a weight loss product, well, my people are on all social media sites. Okay, so then I would ask the business owner or the person who's going to manage social media, okay, so which one are you the most familiar with? If you're using Facebook in your personal life, you know, the way you use it for business is different, but at least you have some basic understanding of the technology. Let's not go to Twitter if you're already comfortable with Facebook. Let's Let's show you how to use Facebook for business, and then we can add Twitter when when you've got Facebook down. 
So it's kind of like a series of questions that I ask as to find which kind of um, which social media site they should be on. But even but before that, figure out where that target customer is hanging out and having conversations related to what they have to offer. Yeah, I in in my business, for instance, we use three or four platforms, we use them for different reasons. One uh, we use for our business networking, one we use for my personal networking, one we use strictly for search engine purposes, and the fourth we use, albeit with some reluctance, because we know a lot of our people hang out there, so we'd better show up. Other than that, we just don't really, <laughs> other, than that, other than that, we just Let's really don't. Let's see if I can guess which is which. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so aside from that, you know, we really don't, uh, you know, we really, that, that's about the limit of it. We can't be on all of them. And it would be kind of silly for me to be on Instagram because I do everything possible to avoid getting my picture taken. So you're not going to see any <laughs> selfies from me. Uh, uh, there is exactly one selfie of me that has ever been taken. It was back in 2012. Oh, and I haven't used it because it just because I was doing this big event at City Hall and I thought oh it'd be fun if I take selfies with the people that are there and I just couldn't bring myself to do it because it just felt so narcissistic so I have right. a selfie stick like collecting dust um, but uh, but that said you know I like that answer because I hear a strategy behind each and every one of the sites that you are active on Right. And yeah, I struggle with Instagram too because it's re it can be really good for business. Um, and so I've had uh, and people want me to teach them, so I've had to learn it. But I don't really want to use it. I'm not really into taking pictures and stuff. Okay, that said, like it's still very useful for certain kinds of businesses or a lot of businesses. It really can drive sales, and it's very useful in the sense that it's easy to share. Um, share the the pictures with other networks so anyway yeah so there right. you go Okay. Now, we, now we have a, a few minutes left here before we turn over the platform to you at the very end to share with our audience how uh, they can engage with you. But uh, one of our listeners who was uh, who who saw that you were going to be on the Business Creators Radio Show submitted a question in advance, and I want to make sure we ask this. And this is actually kind of near and dear to me, so I'm going to match their question to one of my own experiences, and then I want to get your thoughts on it. So the question is: is what is the value of occasionally being uh, being something like snarky or forthright or uh, just jabbing at people is a way of getting people provoked and getting engagement going. Um, not necessarily, yeah, not, not, not in a disrespectful way, but just a way of, you know, just pushing some buttons that you know are going to get people fired up either pro or con. Now, linking that to a personal experience I had is about a year ago, I posted something on Facebook. Uh, this was just over a year ago. I don't remember it word for word, and I'd have to dig pretty deep in the news feed to find it. But basically, what it boiled down to is I said... I, I said I had no, I had no neither the time nor the patience for people who hear me occasionally use big words and say stop using those big words talk like a normal person uh, and I said that I I said I not only find it uh, insulting that I'm expected to lower myself to meet somebody else's standards but I feel that I'm doing a disservice because rather than set the example and raise the bar I'm being told to lower the bar to accommodate somebody who refuses to uh, raise their own. And uh, let's just say that touched off a conversation that ran for 
three days uh, got me on the Whoa. top of several uh, of the algorithms. Uh, I mean, we had people, we had copywriters, we had motivational speakers, we had social media experts, which we referred to here. We've we had uh, we had a whole party on that thing, and we had a lot of interesting insights on that uh, both on the yeah Adam go get them side and then the hey you know you might want to think about this side and I enjoyed all of it I did have one flamer come on uh, who tried to disrupt the whole thing and make it about them they are still on restricted status ah, but, wow. uh, but, uh, but, other than, but other than that so I wanted to do and I and I and see this person, it's somebody who is actually somebody who I know in my personal life, I decided to interpret it as a personal insult to them. And they felt that because of a personal relationship they had with me, that they had the right to monitor me and check me when they felt that I was saying things that were uh, that uh, that uh, they didn't like to hear. And so and, and so after I, I threw them off the conversation, they sent me this long private message about how they don't know this person that I've become and why am I rejecting my upbringing and all this other stuff and I'm thinking what the hell I mean so it so it did so it did get one person very fired up uh but it also got a lot of people very excited as well because that is a hot button and see and see the person who decided to take it all personally and use it and use it as a catalyst to end their personal relationship with me just could not see the forest from the trees and recognize what I was doing, which was I was deliberately pushing a button just to see what people would say. Well, it sounds like you didn't push the button. It sounds like you were provoked. Someone else pushed the button. But going back to the original question, uh, you know, is should you take this approach? And my answer is proceed with extreme caution. Okay. My general, my general idea is... Um, I don't know if it's because my personality is that I'm a very positive person. I mean, I love to study positive psychology and maybe being a life coach, but I think the approach that generally works best on social media is if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That said, there is a place for standing up for yourself and your response to that person to me, I think can easily fall under the category of standing up for yourself and it wasn't disrespectful right. um, and it, it and that it touched off controversy and you ran with it I think that's I think that's okay to deliberately go and jab another person or company you know to create controversy for the negative publicity you know there is kind of the PT Barnum I don't know actually forgive me, maybe it wasn't Barnum or there is kind of a concept that you know just spell my name right there's no such thing as bad publicity but that's right. not the kind of PR that I want to get. It's not the kind of PR that I would advise for my clients. You know, when I proceed with extreme caution, because while there could be some benefit, there could also be some, there could also, you know, I, it, it's impossible for me to predict. I don't have a crystal ball. Are the, are the negatives going to outweigh the positives? Um, there's, you know, I guess eventually you could spin everything and use everything, but I'm 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 much more a fan of the positive approach to begin with, but but the example that you gave was not really a quite. You stood up for yourself, and it created a controversy, and then you need to, you know, you, and then you you rode the wave, which I think is you did the best you could with it. But I, I would never ever. I can't imagine a scenario where I would advise a a corporation or a business to or a business owner to go head on with somebody just just to get PR of any kind when there are so many positive ways to do it. I mean, one of my favorite techniques that I teach is to make other people superstars. 
And whenever I'm meeting with a local business owner or, or somebody, I'll take a picture with them and I'll post it. Just had a great meeting with, you know, Rose Weinberg, who's a, a local uh, holistic healer here. And uh, she, you know, and I'll, and I'll write something wonderful about her. And it's a win-win for everybody. I post it. I tag her. I tag her professional page. Her supporters, her, you know, it'll go into her news feeds. And her supporters will like, comment, and share and create engagement and spread that post. And now they're exposed to me. And so it's a win-win for everybody. Why not take a positive approach rather than a negative approach? That says haters happen. I've had it happen to me. But my approach is usually to kill them with kindness. Um, one time it happened to me right before I was about to go offline, completely offline for three days. Someone started really uh, like I had just I just had a newspaper article come out and they said that I I, I said the wrong date for when blogging began, which wasn't even accurate. And they were just hating on me. And I just made a very nice statement uh, about, about the accuracy of the comments and da, 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 and, and I'm about to go offline and I wish you well, you know, and just like smiling the whole time. And, uh, and then I, and then actually after I came back online, I connected with the reporter and I said, I was really worried. He said, Sarah, I get that all the time. I just block them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so lesson learned. Lesson learned. Like, haters going to hate, you know. Um, don't freak out about it. And then I actually, like, flipped it around. I'm like, man, I got my first hater. I must be getting somewhere. So, right. you know, um, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if it's – I think it's more than that I'm just – I think it's more than – I am just a positive person. I also think it's a better social media strategy to go positive. That said, if you have to stand up for something that's right, then you stand up for something that's right, no matter what is the, no matter what the fallout is. But you just have to recognize there is going to be a fallout. Right. I recently taught a class on how to advocate for a political issue that I feel very strongly about. And I said, I may lose business from this, but I was willing to take that hit if it happened. It didn't, but I knew that was a possibility, and I, I was a calculated risk, and my values came before my pocketbook in that, in that sense. That's the only time. I would say only go, only go quote-unquote negative if you're taking a stand for something you absolutely believe in, and you know that it's going to polarize people, but you got to take that stand. You Part of being human. Yeah, you drew a lot of very interesting distinctions in your answer here. And uh, there's one thing I want to highlight first off. Um, when I linked that question to my own personal experience, in posting what I posted, I was not attacking anybody. And I wasn't even vague booking. It wasn't like somebody had said that to me just that morning. I mean, it's just something that I've encountered a number of times in my life. So I decided to put the thermometer out there and just take the temperature and see what happens. Because I suspected that there are a number of people out there who spend a lot of time to developing a very effervescent and fluent vocabulary who then find themselves being told, you know, you use those big words. Can't you talk like a normal person? And it turns out I hit a lot of nerves with that. So, wow, looks like I'm not the only one. That's really what I was getting at. The message that I was really sharing was a positive message uh, in two parts, which is number one, don't let other people force you to lower yourself to meet their expectations. And number two, mm -hmm. and number two, rather than looking at how you can bring others down, look at how you can raise yourself up. 
That's mm-hmm. that was the that was the real message. And if uh, and if one person chose to misinterpret it and turn it into, into a, a personal issue, that was not my issue. That's and, about them. Right. I'm, I'm shocked because I got that in high school. I used yes. to get that kind of comment in high school. I haven't gotten it since. Right. That is so high school. Whatever. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, when I was in the corporate world, I used to get it. In fact, one person filed a formal complaint about my email saying that they were inscrutable or something like that, which I actually thought was hilarious. Now I know who not to thank in my autobiography because I don't owe them anything. But, uh, but, uh, as I, but, uh, as I, as I see, as I see it overall here, uh, the idea was to, push a button and get people talking one way or the other and then it sort of circles the wagons and people start to get excited about you know you in some ways and see that you are a thought leader in a sense you get people to think which i think is fantastic now i never ever and people have tried to coach me to do this and i just wouldn't do it uh, I would never do something like, let's say, for instance, um, go to somebody else's website, point out their problems, what's wrong with their website, and say, oh, if you're interested, um, I can help with that. Just send me a message. When people do that to me, my very first question, and I ask his questions just as publicly as they gave their unsolicited feedback, is who the F asked you? And yes, I use the F word. Um, uh, you know, no, I, I, I actually saw that as a technique for building your business with websites, but only privately through email right not, not to publicly embarrass somebody right right uh-uh. not, yeah. not even in my wildest dreams would i ever think about doing that um <laughs> what are you gonna do it's uh you know uh yeah so i think you and i are of the same mind um the more we keep social media is a reflection of all of our human relationships yes uh, and there are you know there are people who are I don't know, more mature or less mature. I don't know how you want to put it. So you'll see the positive. You know, peop- some, sometimes people will say, I don't want to be on social media. I don't want to be influenced by all, all the schmutz that's out there, all the stuff that, you know, <laughs> that people are posting. But I tell them what I see in my Facebook feed is a reflection of my network. And my network are largely very positive, growth-oriented people. And so I see wonderful, inspiring images and ideas and great, you know, business articles and psychology articles because that's what I'm interested in right you know you're not going to see if you're not hanging out with people that would post pictures of themselves drunk you know on on Facebook then you're not going to see that in your newsfeed right um so yeah so let's let's try to keep social media a positive place to the degree that we can I mean we can't control it yeah, you know, you and yeah. I, you and I can keep going for two hours here, uh, but unfortunately, yeah, we are right at the top of the hour, and we have just two minutes left. And I want to use one of those minutes for you to share with your audience, with your audience, how you can help them and how they can engage with you. All right. So, well, you know, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Pinterest. Um, I'm also on Google Plus, but I have to be honest, I'm not all that active on there. Okay. Um. And of course, there's my website, www.theemarketingmaven, M-A-V-E-N.com. And, uh, and there you can get my ebook, How to Master Social Media Marketing in a Minimum Amount of Time. I'm currently working on a new version of that website to reflect all of uh, that. That website's about three or four years old when I started this shift. And I've got to put stuff on there about um, my specialty in business-to-business marketing and event marketing and uh, social media coordination for larger companies. But 
you can reach me through there, www.theemarketingmaven.com or find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, you know, all that good stuff. Outstanding. So once again, Sarah Zellman, the eMarketing Maven, thank you so much for your time with us today. It has been both an honor and an education. Uh, likewise, I've, I've learned from you and I'm grateful for this opportunity to be on your podcast. Thank you so much. Glad to help. So for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help business creators just like you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. Tweet you later.